everybody, this is Ricardo. Uh, you're listening to the recommendation game. I am joined by Orla. <laughs> you're listening to Double Digital Radio. This is a, a film podcast where we take turns every two weeks to pick a movie that the other person hasn't seen and then we watch it separately and then Skype each other to talk about it. And this week's film was chosen by Orla. The movie is on the record. Drew was a young, powerful something who cared so much about this music. And so when Def Jam called me, I was like, Russell Simmons wants to offer you this job as the director of A&R at Def Jam. I could not have scripted it better. That's one of the beautiful things about the music industry. There was a lot of mobility for women, but at the same time, there was tremendous amount of sexual harassment. You didn't get a lot of sympathy for that. That was considered the price of admission. I didn't tell that many people about what happened with Russell. He just grabbed me. He just grabbed me. And I'm saying no. I was reduced to nothing in that moment. Nothing about anything that makes me who I am mattered. Filmmakers Kirby Dick and Amy Ziering examine the sexual assault allegations against hip-hop mogul Russell Simmons. And the movie was directed by Kirby Dick and Amy Ziering, produced by Kirby Dick, Amy Ziering, Amy Hurdy and Jamie Rogers. Written by Kirby Dick, Amy Ziering, and Sarah Newans. Music by Terence Blanchard. Cinematography by Ava Burfoski. And Tadeusz Wadley. What a name. Mm. Edited by Sarah Newans. So, Orla, why did you pick this movie? Uh, I loved our, our lovely chirpy intro there. It was only because we were talking beforehand, we promise. This is obviously not a chirpy movie. Um... Yeah, as I said last week, uh, I watched this uh, in the middle of a tough watching week with um, between this and I Am Not Your Negro and trying my hardest to get through uh, I May Destroy You, which is brilliant, but a really tough watch. Uh, yes, there was a lot. There was a lot happening that week. They're interesting filmmakers, the two of them. Um, have you seen their other two documentaries, Invisible War and The Hunting Ground? Uh, Invisible War is uh, the one about the sexual assaults in the military, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen um, that one. Um, obviously, this has sort of like become part of a trilogy now of like them dealing with sexual assault in different arenas, um, which in a way is like, like I've seen interviews with them where they said that before that they were able to make a movie like this because they've made the two before it and so on and so forth but um, I think the other one that they did was The Hunting Ground which is about sexual assault in, <coughs> on um, on college campuses and I think The Invisible War is a, is a better film than The Hunting Ground is The Hunting Ground has issues not The Invisible War doesn't but there was a lot of controversy whenever this film came out I don't know what you know about um, Oprah uh, and how she was one of the producers she pulled out just before this movie was at Sundance so she pulled out and took the Apple release with it so there was a lot of controversy around why she did that um, one of which that she admitted was that Russell Simmons put a lot of pressure on her and she said 
that that wasn't part of my decision that she felt that her close friend of her had told her that she had a lot of doubts on Drew Dixon um so Oprah felt that focusing the film entirely on her lessened it somewhat and kind of dampened the stories of the other women who she I don't know she felt were more credible or whatever which is one part of it she also said that she talked to Ava DuVernay who said that the film wasn't there basically that they they had they had issues near the end with the filmmakers of whether or not the film should have been released yet because they didn't feel like it was up to a certain point or whatever. Um, the filmmakers said that for them, they couldn't put the victims through anymore, basically, that these women had already been through so much with the article coming out and but them making it while the article is being written and then afterwards that they couldn't, you know, wait for it to get another, to finish it or get another deal or whatever, you know? So, and then obviously HBO picked it up and, you know, the rest is history. Tell the people what you're here for. How they found Drew was they were developing a documentary about Harvey Weinstein. And was it, what's her name? Zeering? She had a mutual friend with Drew Dixon, who and their kids went to school together, who then said, she's like, I think you should talk to these people. Like, they're, they're filmmakers, they're, you know, they've made these documentaries, etc. At least talk to them. So then they go, look, we're casting a wide net. It's not just about Harvey Weinstein. And that's how they end up talking to her. And they do these interviews with her. And she kind of is there kind of agreeing that, you know, I'll talk to you. And they're like, you don't have to sign a release. It's all very, like, you know, you're not in contract with us. It's, it's all very finding the story through her... So when the Harvey Weinstein story started coming out, it was upsetting. I didn't know anything about him. I didn't know him, but it was so familiar. And I was so grateful that those women were being believed because I knew I could just fill my bones. Like, I know what that's like. I know what that's about. But I was also kind of like, I don't really want to read these articles. I don't really want to take this in because I don't want this to get too close to me where I'm going to have to decide well, what would I do if I had the opportunity to come forward? I don't think I want to even think about that. And also, I felt like as a black woman, I was like, I don't know if this applies. I don't think this applies. Which explains how they're there at the very start before she's even agreed to do the story, which is kind of a, a, the interesting access, I think. But um, that's a whole other story. Um, I think in a way, I kind of agree with Oprah in the <laughs> you know, um, in the way that... Uh, it does, the film feels scattershot, um, like at times it's so deep and so moving, like really like, you know, it's the kind of film you watch like tensed because you're like, oh, that's, yeah. And then other times it kind of skims the surface when it could have gone so much deeper. It, it's like, sometimes it feels like it has too little to, to, to deal with and then sometimes it feels like there's way too much like sometimes it feels like they're concentrating too much on her and then other times it's like i want to know more about her and her like creative role and stuff but um yeah it's it kind of remind me it sort of reminds me of the filmmakers in general and what they've done before is that their work they tend to like shine a very bright light on something that needs to have a light shone on it um like in particular in the invisible war which i think is a more successful film than this is overall but again that was a real like revelatory thing for a lot of people where um as in if people watched that and were like oh my god i never knew about this whereas something like um the hunting ground it had come out after some very very high profile articles and stuff i think this one kind of falls in the middle but i feel sometimes the way that they 
they they work on documentaries like this where they're working especially this one where they're working in real time with someone which has strengths and weaknesses but it can end up feeling a little scattershot or haphazard but i don't know if that i don't think that leaves it without a awful lot of worth but um like the strengths of this film are watching them processing the whole thing in real time um at one point drew says something um like her body is a crime scene and how you know having to read like the the attack is just one part of it and then there's everything that comes afterwards the new york times called me back and said there were other women and there were other black women who've been assaulted by russell but they won't go on the record unless i go on the record but I'm still terrified of the backlash. She is the center of the film, and uh, I find you end up getting, there's a lot of depth to like both her creativity and warmth and, and everything. Um, she is, she's, you can understand why they filmed an interview with her and decided to make that film instead of, um, like they didn't, you know, target this. This was just kind of a, it, it was all very organic. I think as well, the other strength of this is um, probably one of the biggest strengths of it is is the discussion of Me Too itself and its failings and intersectionality and um, the women who kind of get left behind who, you know, they stand by and they say, we support you, but, you know, we know them feeling that it's not their time. You have to let these like white women go first and waiting in the sidelines all the time. And then the like the relationship between like black women and black men and like waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and like being silent and taking one for the team for decades and decades. I feel like that is the strength of, of this, this film and the people that they interview and how they use the interviews and stuff. But, um, yeah, I, um, in conclusion, <laughs> it's been described as like, like this is a new chapter now in me too. It's a new chapter in the movement. And, like there's another film called Invisible Portraits, which is coming out this year. It's about like um like women, t- like black women taking back the narrative basically of who they are, like that they're not just bodies to be used or um like every every stereotype, every um every like injustice or whatever, and like taking back their own story and like um so yeah, I I definitely want to talk at some point about whether or not you think that is it is are, are things changing now like it it has to say something that a film like this could be made you know and that hbo will pick it up that will be high profile not just because it's about something that's like hot topic or whatever like being about sexual assault of how powerful men um but the fact that it's also about black women but um yeah or uh does this film help or hinder um basically but uh yeah on that long-winded note ricardo <laughs> what did you think of the film like I think that any movie like this that is uh, focusing both in the overall movement or issue as like a generic, not not generic as in like Broad. both painting a general picture of it, but then trying to uh, to address the issue and to have a discussion about this issue through a specific event within the bigger picture, if you will. A movie like that has to be... There's like four ways that you can judge it, perhaps. Perhaps more, but four main ways. Like, does it work as a movie? Mm-hmm. Does it work as a piece of journalism, let's say? Uh, does it do harm to... Or does it 
portray the people and the case in itself in a not in a good light but in a accurate uh, yeah and also that uh, it doesn't uh, that it's portraying characters if you will even though it's not characters it still has to present a narrative Mm -hmm. and present uh, like we were saying about uh, I am not your negro last week that like you, you, you feel Baldwin in the movie, and similarly, uh, you have to feel for people to feel that empathy, and then finally, if it is successful in putting forward its thesis for good or for bad of like the values uh, of the movement or the shortcomings of the movie, of the movement, and I think um, on all those. Four cases, I think that the movie mostly fails. Mm. Uh, like again, it's it's very difficult to talk about uh, movies like this. That I find that the the topic is worthwhile, and the women in the movie are like to be taken seriously and uh, well worthwhile to hear their stories. But I don't think that the execution of the film does any favors to anything that it's trying to do let's say and i when you were mentioning about ava Duvernay in particular saying that the movie is not there yet is that mm-hmm. i don't think that there was a movie yet there i think if anything there's a lot of decisions that are made uh partly because of how the movie was made and i think with documentaries that uh, that that can be an issue that you've made a decision like three years ago and you can't you know, it's not like a, a feature film that you can go and fucking reshoot half the movie in a studio and uh, CGI the mustache out of the main actor. And then you, you, you know what I mean? You can even do that, but with a documentary, you can't go or, back three years. In the case of uh, the Fast and Furious movies, just get his brother, who looks incredibly like him, to play him. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. Wow, that is actually quite moving, the ending. Like, it, it totally uh, is. If you don't tear up when they, they drive off and like, oh, they really were a family. <laughs> it's about family. Uh, but I think that, again, the, the case itself and the women are very important. And I think that it's important to air out those stories. But do I think that it added anything from the New York Times piece? I actually read it the other day in preparation for this. Same. I don't think that it adds anything. I think that it actually detracts from it, if anything. I think uh, partly the decision not to explain until you were talking to me. I was like, why is she saying that she doesn't know if she's going to be airing like if she's gonna come public with the allegations but at the same time there's a documentary crew fucking following around and the Mm -hmm. journalist knows about it as well like he goes am i on camera i think that seems weird (laughs) i think that it's kind of like even like considering that yeah there is an explanation you gave me that explanation but that's extra textual it has to be in the text itself Mm. 
because that ruins a lot because then it feels and I'm not saying that it is but because they don't say it it feels that everything is kind of staged and it makes her story and her coming forward almost performative which is mm. not obviously because of the story of the documentary but it's what I was saying about like how does it portray does it do it in the way that it makes the the like it advances their story and advances their case in a way that is more I think part as well I know that they didn't get people from the other side to argue for like and defend him but I think it's partly because they tried to do it way too late that they pretty much filmed everybody before the allegations came out and I think not having like a single voice I know that it is not there but it's also the fact that if you're doing the fair and balanced quote unquote and the case of these women is strong enough because mm -hmm. also there's so many of them that the story is similar to link the uh, the events that is like one of those things that is like one if it was one kind of isolated case you can kind of deny it but then if all these collaborative stories that are coming through yeah. <laughs> and also it's like people with uh, uh, I think that the, the biggest problem as well not the biggest problem is that the movie doesn't address it that even though they go about the idea of women coming forward and uh, waiting their turn or whatever the movie still makes a point of saying that their story is actually a stronger story because they are women of career and they didn't need to like feel like sexually assaulted or whatever to progress their career that they already have successful careers or whatever like the one is a model or whatever the like saying that if you're uh you know not to say that that's what the filmmakers think but considering the people that they decide to focus on there's also women out there that have come forward they were just like a girl in a party or something you know like somebody that and it almost you never hear that story you know it's mm -hmm. the it's the fucking belfast trial problem mm -hmm. you know what i mean that it's like unless you have a certain worth as a career person that you're not chasing the money you're like oh i don't need the money from the publicity she or whatever it, she did it for the fame yeah it's the sure. it's the fucking monica lewinsky fucking problem that it's like when the power balance is so uh skewed is that oh no like not saying that like bill didn't rape monica lewinsky but it doesn't make it unproblematic the fact that the president of america is doing this shit to a 22 year old woman and how she was subsequently treated by everyone, including law enforcement afterwards. Exactly. But the thing is that like it, this movie doesn't like even though it addresses the fact that it's like people talk about it, but it's still doing the same thing. You know, that is like they say, oh, I have light skin privilege. And again, is the problem is like you don't know what's going behind the scenes. You don't know mm -hmm. if they ask. And I think it's one of those few films that the there should have been the camera should have been turned to the actual filmmaking of it to understand yeah. the journalistic approach of yes. what's 100%. why they're doing choices as they are 
why the people that they're interviewing are the people that they're interviewing, how they came to interview these people, how they managed to get them all in a room, how they shot it, etc. So I think that because that is not there, it almost feels, even though, again, it's the difficulty of talking about it, that is, it's an issue with the film, not with the stories that are mm. being told in the movie, but because of the way that the movie is presented, it becomes almost performative when they're telling the stories. And it's also considered that you don't want to, when you make a movie like this, you don't want to convince the guy like me, I'm already on your side. You have like the movie should be convincing the other guy, the guy that doesn't believe that this shit is happening because the women know like it's, you know, like it's if you're making a political movie this way, you have to be both. Yes, you have to be like emotional political. and political and not sit in defense, but you also have to give like enough explanation make to make the case that it's like you can't argue against it. Or if you can argue against it, is that it just presents questions that you don't have answers to. You know what I mean? That it's kind of open a conversation. Yeah. And I don't think that this movie does. Like, compare this to I'm Not Your Negro. That I don't think, like, both as uh, films, they're, like, they're in style. They're not completely cinematic, per se. But I think that mm. I'm Not Your Negro does a far better job of portraying its thesis that it's not only like that James Baldwin was a good writer and he vocalized very well the issues of his time the mm -hmm. problem is that if the way that the film presents it is that you fucking if he came out today those it's arguments so it, he's, like literally if you scribbled out the fucking allusions to time period and specific people it's exactly the same and i think it's the the power of that movie is that and i don't think that this movie does enough as a movie to like especially because you have the the initial hit of the news reportage of what was happening mm. as well like it's a visual medium in the sense you're just putting people in front of camera and like there's when the harvey weinstein stories were coming out like Rose McGowan and stuff were getting interviewed on camera in just a room like these women are. But it was a lot mm. more raw in a way in that stage because it was just actually like also being interviewed against a person that is not a friendly interviewer, let's say. It's not somebody that you've mm. agreed what questions is going to be asked, etc. And I think that in a documentary like this, it's important also to have the back and forth between the interviewer and the interviewee to give a flow of the conversation and how you get there because otherwise it feels almost like a performance because what is she replying to or what have you cut out or you know in her answers it's funny just what you said there about Rosa McGowan because it was making me think about um it's all it's almost something that the women themselves touch on of how they're they were end up in the article not just because they were credible but or that they ended up as the front of this movie like drew ends up at this the front of this movie because like she's very engaging she's very eloquent very like you know she looks good on camera is also part of it is that rose mcgowan came up against a lot of flack 
because she was seen and painted mostly by Harvey Weinstein and his fucking goons as crazy, as erratic, as shrill, yeah. as aggressive, abrasive. All these things were leveled at her that she was just crazy and that like, you know, or even that, oh, maybe he did assault her, but like she can't, you know, like of how she wasn't the right person to front the movement or whatever, you know, and like how like in the end it took people like Jodie Cantor and Ronan Farrow to like, and you know, obviously Ronan Farrow tried to get her on to fucking, um, what do you call it? Um, uh, NBC? Yeah. And failed miserably for numerous reasons. But um, I think it is, it, particularly in, in regards to a documentary and it being so visual of like who they, who ends up as the front of things like this is, is it's a choice that is made definitely. And like, yeah, it, 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 it's very difficult as well because it's not like, again, it's one of the problems with sexual assault because you can have a crime with no evidence. So even if you report the crime when it happened, it's not to say that like sometimes there won't be any conclusive evidence because let's say the, the closest thing to physical evidence that you can have is like vaginal tearing and stuff like that. But at the yeah. same time, it's like if you have rough, rough sex, that also can happen. So like it's very easy to defend against it. It's just like we had rough sex. There you go. Uh, but what I mean is in, in the, the presentation of the, the, the case, it's like even when it happens, that's why it's hard to litigate against. And I'm not saying that it's the correct thing to happen. That's why in a way it's the disgusting thing that even for those allegations to be believed, if she if Drew was the only woman that came forward, is the weight of having those other nineteen women behind her. Hmm. That, a lot of whom only went came forward because she did in the first yes, place. Yes, exactly. So like you have this kind of like because of the way that the system both judicial and also the journalism and stuff, because libel laws, etc. are there for good or for bad there exist is that even if she presented her case whenever it happened so much of it is how she tells the story mm. and i think that it's necessary like is the problem of having the cameras there because it's the thing of the difficulty and again i'm not saying that is i'm with them is the difficulty of like selling it to the guy that you need to convince let's say is that how much emotion do you show? You know, if you cry or whatever, it's kind of like if you start breaking down, it's like, oh, I, yeah. oh it's uh, crocodile tears or whatever. But then if you're like too unemotional about it, it's like, oh, she's just making it up because if you went through something as traumatic as that. She's not the right kind of victim. Yeah, like it's it's a very kind of like difficult needle to thread. And I think that the only way to get away from Danito is not to present, not have the movie to be just the case against him. You know, mm. like it's, there's so much of the movies focusing about what he did. I think the movie should have taken for granted that he did those things. And then... I, that's okay. I, I was just going to say that I feel like the movie does kind of, despite, you know, putting forward these like like strong cases from these women and stuff, I still feel like the movie kind of assumes that you're on their side, like more than even something like the Jeffrey Epstein documentary that we watched. I feel yeah. like there's more and like they have like Alan Dershowitz who kind of hangs himself by his own fucking rope. But um, he's a character. But um, 
there there's a lot more of um especially because those those things that come out before and he's like you know like gone through a trial and you know ends up taking a plea and all that kind of stuff whereas i feel like in this they are more they're more assuming that you're kind of on the side of the women i feel i feel like there's less of the women having to convince you than in other cases or other movies i don't know if that's just how it came across to me i don't know even how it's interesting how they i've seen like people complain not complain but like point out the fact that they don't get any of the like musicians or you know people who worked with her or like interview wise to kind of like not like defend her but even to like talk from the other side of things of like from the male half of of the industry or whatever and like i don't know if that's like a strength or a failing but like like, i think it's a kind of like the failing is that it doesn't address why they're not there it's like they should have been asked like the 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 people that like red man and method man and like the people that mm-hmm. were in Def Jam Records at the time that this shit was happening. But the problem is also of the movie is that they get like, this is a guy that clearly didn't stop doing this shit. Like when you're mm-hmm. that, they... when you're that into whatever, but it, the movie almost makes it feel that it's a 90s thing. And also the movie makes it feel like it's a 90s thing what happened in the music industry and the misogyny mm. and stuff like that because it, like it's inherent for the fact that the people getting interviewed were young in the 90s and but like even she mentions it's like oh, it was the 90s that's the way that it was uh, it was happening mm. this is the thing of the music industry blah 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 but it's not to say that like the music industry is still the same fucking shit but the movie almost make because it doesn't interview anybody new, not even with fucking just related to to Russell. It should have been like people that are in the industry nowadays saying this shit hasn't changed. Like he is like mm. one like person of the because it it both makes as an argument for the Me Too movement that I was like also alluding to the problem of the movie also regarding that is that the movie almost makes it feel like it's a Russell Simmons problem not Hmm. a kind of systemic it's the same as like talking about like systemic 90s problem yeah and it's a systemic problem that exists to this day that's why I was talking about like litigation and going to the police because the argument for the movie is that they go I didn't go to the police or whatever it should actually even if it's somebody that wasn't related to the Russell Simmons case, they should have interviewed somebody that actually went through the police and went through all the hoops and how it doesn't pay off either. Because, like, why... they don't test your rape kit or... Yeah, exactly. So, like, I think that the movie kind of, like, is too focused on telling, like, not only, like like, a story, but a circular story. I think that... It's the difficulty that this is a story about black women, but I think it's a story also about women in general. And I think that it's like, it doesn't contextualize the fact that it is, like, it is a, a general thing that affects all women. But then it's mm-hmm. how, like, then, it's almost like, you know, painting the big picture of, like, 
what it is to be a woman in America in the 90s and nowadays, and then how even more difficult it is to be a black woman. Mm. Because like they, they allude to it that it's like, oh yeah, you're basically the the worst thing in society. It's like black lesbian woman is probably the, like the lowest kind of thing that you... Or like a black trans woman would be like the least accepted person in America almost. Do you know what I mean? The, mm. It's like... yeah how the world sees it obviously i'm not ranking them myself it's like how hard the experience is for you to live mm. and i think that like to also because it's a movie it's not like i'm not saying that it, and it is a story about black women and it shouldn't be taken away from them but it's to show that it's like again that it's like that problem is also somewhere else it's just more difficult for you kind of thing and i think it's also, it's like, the, considering the Me Too movement, they should be also like the, they should get people of the Me Too movement that are white and go like, why aren't you doing more? Actually, like, or not, not <laughs> them, but also like, because they interview men, but they only interview black men. It's the, it's the same argument that I made, I, I, I try to make about, uh, about OJ. The people complained about him because he didn't like speak out for social issues. Mm. And it's like, that's a problem with like, no, like the problem with OJ is that he killed his wife. Not that he like, he, it shouldn't be that you just because you're a successful black person, you shouldn't be like forced. Like, I speak I, for, for everybody. Yeah, like, like, don't get me wrong. I appreciate more and I respect more somebody like LeBron that is able to do both things, be like the ma like the mm. the superstar athlete and still speak his mind about issues and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong. That's part of it. But it's also like the argument should be made about like the teammates of them. It's like, why does like, you know, is the Colin Kaepernick thing that when mm. he was taking a knee, it was like his black teammates were taking knees or other black players were taking knees. It's like, why aren't the white players taking knees? It's like, you're part of the argument as well. It's not just the... the and I think that it's the, the problem with... Like, if you're doing something as specific as like, I'm not your Negro, that it's just like one voice. Mm. You can have one voice, but I think that the movie... like like your focus can still be very narrow kind of thing but i think that it's still kind of it's an issue that is so big and so widespread that it's not just like women it's american society it's not just about race but it's also about race and i think that like like not being like everybody that for one that gets interviews like on the side of the filmmakers and on the side of the victims you know mm. what I mean? And it's kind of like... Not for lack of trying, just to say that, like, the filmmakers did say that it was very hard to get any man to talk on the record of this. That's why it was but very they, important that they, they don't tell you that. Do it. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's... The movie seems to be, like, playing softball. Well, like, for all the fucking over-fucking-personality-ego-driven films that Michael Moore does, he does show you that he tries to get people on the record mm. to... To present the 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 other side, you know, of the argument, and then if it is not that, use like fucking uh, archive footage or whatever of them, you know, because also the 
the the horrible thing about these guys is that fucking you have so much footage of Weinstein saying that he's a feminist and like advancing women's uh, careers and filmmakers, etc., etc. So that makes it even dirtier. It, not dirty you know oh, like filthy yeah. or whatever because you're it's like it's the problem the biggest problem with louis ck because it's not only that he's a dirt bike it's that he portrayed himself as an ally for so long and then it's like oh but even like simmons turning into a like vegan fucking yoga yeah tm and just being like namaste i could never hurt anyone there's no violence in me there's no violence and you're like fuck off you fucking crazy i don't trust a single person that says that i haven't hurt anybody oh, in my entire life i do it's like this is not a good defense like you not take some of your billions of dollars and get a better PR oh, I, person, you I, I, filthy man. It also is like the, the part whenever like the, the, the fucking paparazzi are outside and he, like oh, his wife is like we're with um, you, Russell. Like <laughs> yeah, they they're like performative kissing like on in the car, you know, like just oh it's so so kind of mind boggling how like you operate that way. But I think it's I don't know. It's just, like I said, it's not. The it's not that like they don't present the argument. It's kind of like they don't even tr- present that they tr- try to present the argument. The problem as well is when you empathize so much to your with your like even that you you said that they mentioned something about like that they didn't want to put the interviews through more, so like mm. whatever that is like. As a filmmaker, then you also have to have a line between like the film and your subject that it's kind of like what is better. F- you know, sometimes you have to push the subject to somewhere that they don't want to go. But also is that they are participating for you to be making the best movie that you can make because it's like a way of getting their story out as well yeah. kind of thing. But it's like one of the yeah. reasons why I kind of like rather work within fiction than documentary because there's so many ethical lines in documentary filmmaking that it's like it's too complicated in your brain to like am I doing the right thing am I am I, am I? but I think it's when you said about scatterbrain is that like am I Nick Broomfield or <laughs> is that the movie has no focus either about what it's trying to say as well like it's kind of like consider that they have the time to also interview other people and like edit the movie and portray the movie how you want to portray the movie or whatever that like i think that the movie would have been more interesting focused similarly to something like uh, citizen four or something that is about the story Mm. because it's a very because then it's like it gives the the victims also a separate like a kind of detachment to what they're saying. They're, they're not... Because they're telling the story to the New York Times. They get the cover, yeah, yeah of, of the journalists. It, it made me think of um, of something like um, The Fifth Stage or where, like, not not to that level of, like, making the the reporters, like, the protagonists or whatever, but, like, you hear that guy's voice and it feels very strange that you never see him. Yeah. You know, you never, you know, what? obviously well, at that point they're reporting a story and everything and, you know, no one knows that they're doing it and stuff. But at the same time, afterwards, they could have talked to, to them because it's not like, like, I don't know about what he's like, but he, the guy, uh, I can't remember who, who had the byline, but um, um, he's like a fairly big 
like music and culture writer in the New York Times. And like, you know, I've seen people like Jody Cantor or whatever will do interviews. So it's not like, you, you know, it's, or even with other documentaries for like contemporaneous stories, like it's, it's not like, I don't know if they didn't want to be filmed or whatever, but it felt like a bit of a loss considering that so much of this is taken before, during and after yeah. the, cre- the writing of a story. It's like, you know, and I, I was watching it and I was like, is it just because I love that side of things of the like, you know, writing a story like that? And I was like, no, it does feel like a bit of a loss. Like you want more of that. And it's also like, even like in the, the basic of filmmaking, when you're telling a story, the fact that they keep referring to L.A. Reid but without before referring to L.A. Reid. So like yeah. Drew mentions a couple of times, oh, I didn't know if it was this uh, Russell or L.A. And I was like, what? Like, that's a who in like it almost felt like, you know, that she's talking about like the music industry as a whole. That is like yeah, L.A. So is ringing me. <laughs> and I was then it's like, oh, OK, it's L.A. Reid because I didn't know that she went like I knew who L.A. Reid was, but I didn't know that she works for for him and it's also kind of like the the way that even the movie sells itself as being just about russell simmons but then it uh it also goes after la reed it's kind of like why like the the, kind the, of, yeah. the the imbalance there like the why the like la reed kind of gets away with it a bit even though yeah. you know like even like even how she the way they they shoot it is weird as well, or more how they edit it. How when she's talking about him, they don't show her interview; they just show a photograph of her, and then like photographs of him or whatever. And it's really weird. It gives it like no real. Where she's like, he kept like inviting me to the hotels and blah blah blah, and you're like, okay, but I want more information on that, please. You, you know, and like it's especially because she's not the only person like he who has um accused him of similar behavior either you know like it's yeah but she's the only one interviewed about la raid yeah which is odd yeah and it's the it's like tiny decisions like that that in the like accumulation it just mm-hmm. makes the movie not you know like you shouldn't be sitting watching this movie going like what the fuck <laughs> like uh, <laughs> well, but also it's like the bit when the three women meet or whatever it's like that shouldn't be in the movie whatsoever it's so staged and it's like it makes it's so unnecessary it's like it it, it, it detracts from all of them as well because it, it, it then they talking about it or whatever makes it feel staged because it is staged even though like they individually might have wanted to meet each other and talk about mm. it or whatever but deciding to bring the camera or whatever makes it like a photo op kind of thing you know like uh, yeah and it's completely unnecessary you don't need to have the three women there to like get that they're like kindred kindred and spirits or whatever because even her drew talking about it in the car i am looking forward to meeting salai her story just came out in the hollywood reporter and i'm always happy to see jenny I've met her twice now, and we've gotten to know each other over text as well. And I consider her a sister already. It's this bond that's hard to describe. That makes it feel organic. It makes you come in or whatever. It doesn't feel me. Um, I think you kind of answered my question then. Um, Well, first question being, do you think 
the mere existence of this film and that it got picked up by HBO and became kind of big is a sign that things are changing or that Me Too is expanding or whatever? Uh, and then also, do you think that this film is helping the cause or hindering it? And I think you've answered the second one. <laughs> well, like with the hindering, it's the, the part also the visibility and stuff like that. The, the film exists. Hmm. It's like, it's one of those things that I don't think that it neither neither advances or detracts from the cause. It's not like problematic enough as a film to detract from it. I think that it's just, let's say if it's an HBO and there's somebody that is like, oh, kind of in defense about the issue, mm-hmm. he wouldn't come out of the, the movie suddenly change his mind. Kind of go like, oh, there is an issue kind of thing, you know. If you went in like I did, that is like, oh, there is an issue. You're kind of like, Oh, there's so many injustices or whatever, but also like considering... My beating liberal heart. <laughs> but considering how much I care about issues like this, I didn't come out like firebranded. You know, like mm. I didn't sit there the next day go like, oh, ter- that's terrible or whatever. Maybe because of what's going on now as well, that it's like... I wonder if part of it as well is that I was thinking about this last night about how Russell, like not just the focus on him, but the fact that like he's he's very Harvey Weinstein in the way that he's a monster. You know, it's like he's just there's like, you know, yes, he had all these impacts culturally, but he's also just a monster. He just did all these awful things to women and they were all awful. And it like almost detaches them from all the things around them and all the people around them that like maybe, you know, I've never sexually assaulted anybody, but that like all of these things are intrinsically linked t- together. And, you know, it, people can get caught up, not that this is not an important co- like, conversation, but also about how, well, some things are sexual assault and some things aren't. We can't let them all bleed together and blah, 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 blah. You know, yes, but also not talking about it as a whole, as a, of all these things and how they're all connected to one another. And, and also consider that the movie is trying to do like a macro kind of thing of mm. like... Uh, it considered also like quote unquote cancel culture, whatever, even though it doesn't exist. The, uh, <laughs> people, like, uh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like, it's, to fuck uh, off sorry, it's called consequences, Joanne. Uh, but it's important when dealing with these issues to go, you know, I think it's one of the good things coming out of the the discussions that are happening now about racism that is not only that cops put their knees in the back of black men's necks. Hmm. That that's like a symptom of the, the full disease. So it's like making a lot to stop cops choking black men won't solve anything. Like it's worthwhile doing it because even if they don't kill five people a year that's five families that don't have to deal with like somebody getting killed for no reason but also it's like it's structurally whatever doesn't change it but like uh, uh, just to finish that 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 that, as i like what you're saying about like side change yeah it has changed but i think it'll be even more a sign of change changing when documentaries and stories are told not about these quote-unquote monsters that is more like, but even like if you see like all these stories are written by men, it's trying to convince men because men are still in power. So like, mm. if you don't convince them, then you're equally cancelled. 
you know, like it's the part that, you know, the toxicity of if you are the person that uh, speaks out. Yeah. It's the part that I, I don't think that they really portray that it's like the actual witch hunt is what happens whenever you're the one that speaks out and nobody else does. Hmm. And I think that is, um, I don't know, like, is it like the, the, what was it, like fucking Kavna, the hearings or whatever, that you get yeah, like a doctor or whatever. Christine then... Blasey Ford actually and how, you know, her as a as a witness was so reputable and how it kind of destroyed her life because of how she was portrayed and treated and the lack of time given to the FBI to investigate the whole thing and it just turning into a whole political culture war and etc 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 but like you know when you watch her testimonial it's like <laughs> okay uh what was your favorite thing briefly uh favorite thing would probably be drew like i think that she's mm. uh but at the same time it's kind of like you said that it is oh yeah but she looks good in camera she's a good mm. speaker blah 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 it shouldn't be completely focused on one person but at the same time it's like it humanizes the case or whatever so she's my favorite like not my favorite but i think that like you know what I mean? Like, it's uh, it's hard to talk about movies like this when... Especially because it's not like... Again, it's the the thing with I, I'm Not Your Negro is that we have the benefit of hindsight. It's telling a story mm. about that it's already finished. In a way, like the... Mm. But it's like... Well, like, it's more that the story is the mirror of the story. Like, the same way that Baldwin wanted to make the three lives to like bang off each other to contextualize their lives like Ropec uh, bangs Baldwin's life to our present issues to context recontextualize his life in a moment and I think that with this either I think it's that it decides to do neither that it mm -hmm. doesn't just focus on her but it doesn't go like, okay, we focus mainly on her, but then we have 17 other women that we kind of focus equally on. It's like, I think the problem of having her as the main one is that then they have two kind of secondary ones that just mm -hmm. don't speak as well. Because they could have been as central, let's say. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know, like, uh, what is your favorite thing? Probably Drew as well. Like she is, you get to delve into, oh, like her creativity and like how it, it kind of brings us back to. You said something similar last week about James Baldwin and how it's kind of the tragedy of someone that ends up so fenced in that we don't get to see what their work could have been. You have to ask yourself, you know, where would her career have gone in music? What music did we lose? What are we poorer for, for Drew not being a music executive? If this is what her 20s was, the magic, what would the next 20 years have been? And we'll never know. It's like we've been robbed of that. And you see like how when she talks about it, she's so passionate. And then she says like, I can't listen to those songs anymore. And it's like, man, you know, like, and like, having boxed away a trauma and then 
having to it coming back later and you thinking like if you just boxed away you know by the time you're 50 you won't care about this and it's like that's not how those things work and you know they'll stick with you forever and stuff and it's um she's able to voice those things yeah. really eloquently and uh, you can see that she's able to do it as well because you're getting so much of her just walking along the street talking or the camera lingers on her for a long time when she talks she doesn't feel edited a lot which is nice because you get to see her full thought process they linger on her sometimes which is nice but um yeah i think i think it's her definitely and i hope that now she's able to kind of go out into the world and be able to create again um hopefully what was your least favorite thing i think it's the probably uh, the not to be too tough with the the filmmakers because it's also to be clear it's kind of like this movie is so difficult to make something like this mm-hmm. that it's the kind of film that like one small decision on the has like a it could be a masterpiece if like one small thing is changed yeah. but because it has like certain repercussions or whatever in focus or whatever in the movie um but i think it's like not to be too harsh again, um, but I don't have a better way to put it, but I don't want to be completely harsh. I think it's lack of originality whenever mm-hmm. they didn't have the material to tell the story that they wanted to tell. And I think that the, uh, either with archive or like narration or something else or interviewing other people, be more cinematic about things. I don't know. Like, I don't know what is in the editing floor or what is setting out or whatever. But, like, the fact that I found out more about the film, got more context about things from talking to you than from watching the movie. Yeah, (laughs) good point. It says, like, uh, a lot about, like, like, it's a fucking, it's meant to be... You know, like, when I read the articles about it, like, I wasn't going, like, I need more info about this. Like, I got... Yeah like i i know the context of what's happening or whatever like at the same time it's kind of like when you read an article it's like even if it's a long read in new york times you're done with it in half an hour or whatever you're not sitting like they don't take the opportunity that it gives you to like have 90 minutes with an audience to sit there whatever and it's like strangely too long the movie as well it's only 90 mm. minutes but it feels really it padded drags out a bit in the end yeah. because it doesn't have the material there and i think that the material either either they got too close to their subjects or they didn't want to push them too hard mm. or the they just didn't have the material but then you have other options then you know and i think it's part perhaps of like changing and not having like sometimes having a producer or a studio looking over your shoulder while you're making the movie mm. does help the the fact that they well, that, that's it like and, and oprah got a lot of shit for the fact that she admitted that simmons had reached out to her and stuff but she like wholeheartedly denies that it had any impact on why she pulled out of it and that she pulled out because she felt the film wasn't there and it's like yeah i kind of understand that <laughs> like it makes sense and how for her it must have been really hard because she would know what that would have done to the movie of of like how bad that looks that you know not just for her but for the movie itself of pulling out of it so well at the same time it's like one of those things about oprah that like uh, she knows enough about media that uh <sighs> 
you can pull out, but at the same time not diminish. Yeah. You can come out and go like, yeah, I don't want to put my name because I don't think that the movie works as a movie, but I stand with these women. Well, she did say that. Yeah, but then it's like, why is there a controversy then? Like, if you come out strong I enough think, kind of I thing. I think because this has been universally acclaimed. There have been very... I have the only reviews that I saw that were negative of it in any way were like in very small senses so it, it almost feels as if like what's what we're talking about you know what i mean so it must be yeah, this well like it's also kinda... the, the, the the problem with movies like this that sometimes it's like it it's hard to separate the subject with mm. the work because like even for me today coming to talk about it i was like oh how do i fucking word it in a way that i'm not like diminishing the seriousness uh, of this and feeling that the movie is an important thing and I'm happy that it exists and all these things. But if I was a movie reviewer and like a paper, I'd have to give it two stars. Mm, two? Because oh, I'd give it three. I think it's three. <laughs> well, like, uh, for me, like three is a movie that is like succeeds in what it's trying to do. Like barely succeeds, but it's a, like it's a successful movie because it's good, quote unquote. Then like four very good, five very few films would be there because they're exceptional or whatever. They go beyond what I expected the movie to do. Let's say transcends the part. But two star for me, it's kind of like, oh yeah, movie that is nearly there. It's nearly three stars. Like one star is dog shit kind of thing, you know, like. <laughs> Anyways, um, that was on the record. Um, on the QT, very um i would recommend people seek it out um although it is a it is a tough watch um i would say in parts like even her like reading the new york times and stuff and the the actual article coming out and stuff but um yeah i think it's uh i think we do get good discussion about that though i was happy that um I'm happy I picked it in the end, I think, because it was like, even though I knew I was like, oh, there's problems. I was like, it felt like a good continuation of some of the things that we were talking about last week. Oh, yeah, like in it. terms of like how documentaries are made and like um, the racial issues behind it and stuff. And yeah. obviously, like it does do a, a nice point of policing out the fact that we didn't mention also that it's like it's only black men's voices that is like the civil rights movement. Yeah. It's like you... You just listen here, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, fucking Edgar, and mm. where's the women? Mm. Well, you have the quote from Martin Luther King in this of that um, the hardest, but is it the hardest person to be in America is the black woman? I think he says. Yeah. But um, anyways, uh, so that was um, uh, that was on the record, and next week's film is Ricardo's pick. Yes. Uh, it just occurred to me that you haven't said what you were going to pick, so I'm curious. Well, like it's uh, going back to the noir trifecta. Hey. Um, ooh. Which one do you want first? Kiss Me Deadly or The Long Goodbye? Do Peter's you want to. Choice. Well, like, I mean, like, do you want to <laughs> end with New Hollywood noir or classic noir? Let's end with New Hollywood, I think. Okay, so Kiss Me Deadly is my pick. Okay. Alrighty. Exciting. 
Where can they find us? They can find us on Facebook, the recommendation game on Twitter at the right game, the recommendation game at gmail.com is our email address and then you're on <laughs> Dublin Digital Radio every Monday at 11 to 12 and then we are on the Dublin Digital Radio Mixcloud and if you want to support Irish Independent Radio please follow <laughs> Dublin Digital Radio on Patreon. I was regarded Ricardo's him. trying to uh, <laughs> he's trying to save me out of time. <laughs> I was already meaningless. See you next week.